So uh, with that, uh, yeah, you guys now have uh, another day for yourselves with another period of time that you can use to essentially do what you want to either investigate cases or, uh, you know, review evidence or, you know, patrol London or, yeah, whatever you feel is best suited for your positions. Um, I, I guess one thing Tony uh, will ask is, is he'll ask if there's anything like that the that the team needs him to make. Hmm. I'm not sure at the moment, unless Tony, do you think you could be able to replicate the uh, dream catchers that Scotland Yards developed? Um, I'm going to defer to GM at this point. Uh, is that something Tony can can make? Uh, sorry, uh, specifically, uh, dream catcher. And at this high tower, yes, I do believe that we have a number. of resources uh, acquired from the myth that would al- that we have been using to manufacture dream catches, but if you think you can improve their designs, um, by all means, go right ahead. Adam might step up. Uh, I noticed during the uh, kerfuffle last night that some of our SWAT team had uh, pretty Im- impressive-looking armor. Uh, he's going to pull up his shirt and show his police vest. This is, well, it, it would stop most swords for sure but against a bullet it only does so much uh, do you think you could do something to improve it i i can definitely look into it uh i would need examples of the bullets that are talking about but uh oh. quincy are you able to take megalos down by the firing range so you can get a bit more acquainted with uh scotland yards standard operating armaments oh sure uh tony would you like to get going uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm actually then going to ask uh, Lavender. I'm like, so Lavender, you you have the ability to comprehend pretty much any language imaginable, correct? Uh, yes. Due to my pact with a, a Jin. So then, how? So the so at that point, uh, Blackmore goes. How's your Japanese? Uh, well, I've never spoken Japanese before, but I could. Good. Um, if you don't, I understand that your priority was researching into the kidnapping of that vampire, Boris. But I'm wondering if I could borrow you for a few minutes to uh, interview a suspect. Uh, yes, the Gasha Dukro, is that right? Yes, we had some trouble doing so. We've been waiting on an interpreter, but, uh, you know, government channels and all that. Oh, absolutely, and I- I'm getting the impression that all of these things are uh, intertwined. Yes, I'm hoping to see if we can get any information out of the Gasha Dokoro before I have a talk with Montague. Any information we have that we can use as leverage is probably going to help. Of course, I'm going to need a bit of a, a briefing on the, the case. This all happened before, well before I arrived, right? But right. Uh, aside from that, uh, yes, I'd be happy to help. All right, I can brief you on the way over. And so, yeah, Blackmore will take you along. Uh, he's basically going to give you a brief overview of the, the smiley face killings, uh, and then how it kind of resurged, and the Gasha Dokoro was defending someone that we were very, that we are basically that was basically kidnapped by the person we believe to be the smiley face killer. Right. So he was like a, a mercenary or something. Mercenary. He was also given like a code name that was used amongst people that are apparently close to the killer. Um, okay. The graveyard, I believe it is, which is how we kind of figured out that he was related to this in the first place, other mm, than you know right. physically being there. And who was the last t- 
target of the smiley faced killer at the time that the Gasha Dokuro was working? As far as we can tell, it's either a dryad uh, diplomat by the name of Holly, or possibly a few members of the McCarthy gang. Unfortunately, we weren't able to examine the scene quite as we weren't able. We were kind of rushed out of the scene by um, what's his name, the internal affairs guy, uh, Creedy. By Creedy, so we weren't able to get as much of an uh, as much information as we'd hoped. The last it, one that we could... mm, it wasn't that he rushed you out. It was that he also wanted to take a look at the crime scene and take notes for himself. Mm, okay. Yes, it seemed like Creedy had an investigation to that, though there were things about that particular crime scene that seemed unusual, given the killer's M.O. Yes, do tell. Uh, there was a plant life that was seemingly used to kill them, strangulation, but the plants seemed posed, and as far as we could tell, the smiley face killer, even in the current situation that he's done now, has never really used plant-based abilities. It also seemed like the bodies weren't necessarily killed there, but rather staged in some way. Again, the whole crime scene seemed unusual. Uh, The case files for the previous killings, the one that happened before Mythos Unit uh, was put together, they're all on my desk. Feel free to look through them if you'd like, but for the most part, that's the effective gist of it. Okay. I think I can work with that. So, yeah, and... uh, me and uh, Adam will head down into the basement where so, the Gashinokuro is. I'm going to say that as you finish this conversation, you've been in the elevator leading down, and it opens up just as you finish. And once again, um, there is a pitch black hallway in front of you, and the lights just <laughs> sort of illuminating the ground below you as, yeah, this uh, 50-foot-long hallway leads to this enormous chamber that is built large enough to house a figure that is 90 feet tall bound to the middle in this sort of um yeah uh yeah stance as if a man is kneeling down praying with his hands bound behind his back and as you enter this room talismans planted on the ground all around you the figure just sort of stirs and seems to turn in your direction all right so the figure uh, turns and sort of leans down towards you, and suddenly the lights that had barely illuminated the room now cast his enormous skull and his blazing eyes set deep into his uh, the hollow sockets in sheer relief, like illuminating him like a figure in a horror movie as he looms above the both of you. And Adam, you can understand him as he says, So, it seems as though the humans... Come back once again. So, what do you want this time, fleshlings? Adam is going to literally translate. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's going to uh, straighten his collar again. Uh, He's asking us what we are doing here. Uh, Don't worry, I can take it from here. And he's going to straighten his back and look up into the uh, Gashadokuro's face and uh, introduce himself with a little bow. Uh, Hello, I am Inspector Adam Lavender with the Mythos Unit. We have not met before. I will be acting as the interpreter. Uh, Oh, finally, someone here who can speak Japanese. It has been so long since I found at least one human speak the old tongue. (sighs) And he just kind of, you know, sags a little bit in his restraints as he looks down. 
So, well, what do you want from me? Well, we have certain questions involving, uh, well, your involvement with the smiley-faced killer. There have been some, how should we say, uh, developments. Uh, of course. You bring someone in for the questions. I'd roll my eyes if I still had them. So, what do you want? Well, yesterday evening, the Mythos unit apprehended a rather powerful vampire. Perhaps you have heard of him. Lord, I believe, was working with the smiley-faced killer, was associated with him in some way. Are you familiar well, with this? I don't know. I know lots of people. Maybe I know him. Maybe I don't. And it, yeah, you can roll me an empathy check if you'd like. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty clear what his intention here. Is. Yeah, he's just he at Give this. Give me heads to eat. Yeah, at this, he's actually sitting up a bit and he's looking off, like he's looking to one side, almost coyly, almost, and looking down back down at you with hit, these enormous blazing orbs pointed in your direction. Adam is going to turn to uh, Blackmore. Uh, he wants something in return for information on uh, Montague. I'm not really sure what he wants. Well, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not exactly a myth researcher. Best to probably just ask. Okay. <clears throat> uh, well, perhaps I could help you in this regard. We could mutually help each other. You see, oh. the, the capture of Francis Montague was no mean feat, and the Mythos unit has been rewarded as such. We would be happy to share some of those rewards with yourself if you were able to help us. Uh, roll diplomacy. Okay. Uh, that's a 19. Hmm. Hmm. You wish to know what would best benefit me than you? If it's not too much trouble. Oh, it would be no trouble at all. Grant me my freedom so that I may lay waste to all of the United Kingdom and strike fear and terror into the hearts of all who would witness me. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, sir, we're dealing with a megalomaniac. <laughs> uh, um, sir, thinking... this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the right attitude. Adam is going to raise his eyebrows and straighten his tie a little. Be reasonable. You must understand you're in here for a reason. There are things that we can and cannot do. We won't be able to give you everything you desire, but we can still help you have a, a more comfortable life during your stay here. <sighs> and you didn't even think it was physically possible, but the flaming orbs in his eye sockets narrow? Uh, figures, figures. Hmm. What? Uh, and roll me diplomacy again to see if you can impress upon him that he'll have to lower the bar if he want, if you know, uh, for things that he would want. You could have a little massacre as a treat. <laughs> That's an eighteen this time. Okay, so he just kind of like. Uh, yeah. The orbs just kind of uh, roll upwards again as if he's thinking to himself. Well, if I cannot make new wars, and I cannot kill new humans by the score, then, hmm, yes. 
Then allow me to retell the tale. Here's what I am thinking. First, a larger chamber than this, so that I might be able to move about and actually stand up for once. I'm getting an ache in my lower bones, you see. I I think we could accommodate that. We were just talking about uh, improving accommodation for myths in captivity. Yes. And next, I would ask this. Allow me to tell the tales of my former battles and conquests to an adoring audience so that they may understand my reign of terror. Fucking Twitch live streams, Gasha Dokoro's talking about the Battle of Sekigahara. <laughs> you know, I think we might just be able to manage that. Give yes? me a few days. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. And if you do this, then I shall tell you what I know then. Hmm? Okay. Adam is going to turn to Blackmore and relay this. He wants... Well, first of all, he wants room to stand. And second, he wants a soapbox to stand on. He has stories to tell of battles and his past and whatnot, and, and he wants an audience. And oh, puppets! Get me lots of puppets that I might use to accurately retell the story! And shadow puppets? Real puppets! You nuts, then. <laughs> Blackmore is actually, like, looks kind of unfazed about this. He just kind of goes like, well, how much of an audience is he asking for? Hmm. This is a good question. Uh, Adam will turn back to the Gashadokuro. You must understand, sir, uh, that we cannot bring hundreds or thousands of people into this room, even if we build you a larger one. It, it, it simply wouldn't be feasible. But something we may be able to provide is, well, for you, a window to the outside world, a, a, a camera for you to speak into. For what? Your... what is this camera that you are suggesting? Well, uh, it is depending a on of... when the Gashadokuro was made, it might actually know what a camera is, considering that, like, you know, around the time that the Sengoku War started showing up, cameras were showing up via Dutch missionaries. Right. Maybe he didn't <laughs> read the newspaper. No, that's true. <laughs> camera is a piece of human technology that not only captures image but also sound. It allows us to record uh, anything that happens in front of it. It is mm, how should we say uh, Blackboard more... is kind of like, like asking like what the hell is he talking about? I heard... Actually, yeah, could he if he's using Japanese would it be safe to assume that he uses some sort of, like, Romanji when he refers to a camera? Um, Almost certainly. A webcam. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, so Blackmore hears the word camera and kind of puts two and two together, and so he's going to take out his phone, he's going to, like, videotape a bit of the Gasha Dokoro sort of, like, moving around and talking, yeah. and then he's just going to turn it around and play it back to him. Okay, at this, like, he leans down until he's maybe five feet away from you, like just peering with this burning intensity at your phone as his voice and his face is coming out of it. And he's like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Human sorcery has advanced so much. You can see this is an extremely potent tool and the recording can be played over and over as many times 
as the viewer wishes. So your stories would not only be uh, shown to a single person, but as many persons as we wish to broadcast it to, as many persons wish to listen to it. It would effectively be stored for eternity. Uh, okay, roll me diplomacy with advantage. Advantage comes with actually using your camera to show him like what is possible. Oh, totally. Okay, uh, so that's a uh, 15 plus 13, 28. Okay. Um, all right, so... And in exchange for this, what else would you ask of me, human? <clears throat> we uh, so would I'm... like... Oh, okay, yes. Go yeah, go ahead. Uh, so basically, uh, Blackmore is going to be like, uh, so we want to know more about the smiley face killer and also what exactly his plans were with Elliot Foster and why was he stationed to look over him. And I, I forgot to tell you this during the lead up, but uh, I'll say that Blackmore probably mentioned it is that Elliot Foster was the person that the Gasha Dokoro was effectively guarding when uh, we found him and was almost ah. assuredly kidnapped by the, uh, the smiley face killer. Ah, the little squirt I was guarding, yes! Mm. I would like to know about uh, your history with Elliot Foster, how you came to work for the Smiley Face Killer, the identity of the Smiley Face Killer, if that is something you know, and any other hirelings of the Smiley Face Killer, such as the Lord Montague. Ooh, well... Gather round, children, and let me tell you a tale. So, um, and he just kind of waits and just looks between the two of you. Uh, Blackmore, better pull out your phone. All right, I pull out the phone and start recording. Now, it began many moons when I was still just your average Dakasha Dokoro. I was an average giant... Skeleton. <laughs> Not a cool one like I am now. <laughs> Wandering these new human land, trying to assess for myself what this strange world I was now in truly was, when I encountered a one of great power. I challenged him to a battle, and even he was able to suppress my might. Yep. Confused, I asked him what he wished of me, and he told me that he was going to make a new world. A world in which dark myths such as ourselves would be considered feared by humans be able to take control once again. Where we would be no longer hunted and feared by humans, but that we would be ruling over them in a new dark age to last for all time. And I could rampage across the countryside, dealing waste to towns and villages in my path. Who was this person? Ah, I do not know the name of the type of myth they are, but they know one thing. Fear. They are masters of fear. They know how to terrify people. How to reach inside their minds, take what they are most scared of, and use it against them. And the more you know about them, the more they have power over you. Yes. What did this person look like? Oh, they are ever-changing all the time. But they are shifting in shape so they can take on almost any kind of form. 
Although their shapes are different, it is always the same. This horrifying black mass that can be slender as a needle one moment, or as vast as the night sky the next. But their face is always the same. Two dashes and a wide smile upon a yellow moon. Interesting. If I may uh, push you on the other points, the smiley-faced killer has hired or uh, come to know other myths um, as aside you are, from yourself. As you are saying this, Lavender, you feel a prickling sensation on the left-hand side of your neck. Uh-oh. And as um, you sort of lower your collar, just sort of feeling it, um, I will say that if you want to... Um, Blackmore, you can make a perception check. Okay. Um, uh, perception. Plus nine. Uh, so 16, 25. Okay, um, you notice uh, out of the side of uh, glancing over at Lavender as he sort of breaks off for a moment that he's reaching up at his neckline and sort of like pulling at his shirt collar. Are you alright? Uh, yeah, something. And breeze, I think. Um, and Blackmore, you see that something is appearing on Lavender's neck. Shit. The skin uh, is raising up ever so slightly in a circular pattern the size of a quarter. Oh. Uh, okay. So at this, Blackmore is going to, um, grab Lavender and basically shout, this interview's over, and basically kind of force you into the elevator. Or back into the hallway leading up to the elevator. Oh, what? Uh. <laughs> Just trust me on this. And then I... once we get back to the elevator, I'm going to check that section of his neck again and see if anything's solidified. Uh, it is just, um, yeah, it is a ring. Like an, yeah, basically a ring of raised skin, almost like a birthmark. And looking at the back of your hand, Blackmore, it is identical to the one that you have possessed all this time. Lavender's gonna feel the back of his neck. Oh, what the hell? I thought uh, that I'm gonna say talismans in place for this. No, it's not the Gashadokuro that did that. Foster mentioned in his inter- the interview we did that the smiley faced killer has some sort of mimetic ability, seemingly appearing, seemingly having some sort of things, as the Gashadokuro said, the more you know about him. Oh. I think I wanted to brush it off as simply superstition, but it seems that he was more correct than I realized. Oh. And it's as you're doing this, um, Blackmore, roll me just a base intelligence check, like roll 2d10 and add your intelligence modifier. Okay. Uh, that's a 10. You remember something that was said to you just not too long ago. Something said by Creedy uh, just before he left all of you. If you find information that you believe to be dangerous, come see me. Ah, uh, I see. That puts sort of a damper on our interrogations, any future interrogations. Yes. Uh, I guess we could ask indirect questions, for example, about... Uh, things like the McCarthy family or this missing vampire, but not directly about the killer themselves. Yes, but and you can kind of tell that Blackmore is thinking about something, but he's like, uh, never mind. For now, let's keep a kibosh on this just until we can assure some sort of defenses against this sort of thing. Admittedly, this is new territory for a lot of us. 
Anti-memetics. A terrifying concept. The anti-meme. But yeah, um, Black, as the elevator's going up, um, Blackmore suddenly, like, just sort of, like, there's a bit of a moment of, like, awkward silence, but then Blackmore's like, I'm, I'm sorry, Lavender, I, I didn't mean to get you caught up in this. The I'm, sort of like, I mean, it, it, it's not your fault, you can't blame yourself for this. I, this isn't permanent, is it? It doesn't do anything. It's just a mark, right? Yeah. Uh, you see Blackmore kind of take a glance at his left hand, and then he kind of says in a sort of, like, not entirely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, half, half-heartedly, uh, sort of way, say, yeah, I guess it isn't totally permanent. All right. But, uh, I don't know if you're going to, yeah, but yeah, like, you can tell that there's clearly something that Blackmore either knows or isn't telling you. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess... Given the tenseness of the situation, Lavender isn't going to poke too much further, and he knows Blackmore can get really cagey when it comes to certain topics. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, it, it comes with the territory, right? I signed up for the Mythos unit, and here we are dealing with myths and all their weirdness. <laughs> I suppose you have. And uh, I'm assuming at this point we get back to the main floor, and he says, Right, uh, well, until we manage to figure out something else, um, you're... Uh, feel free to work on whatever. I have some oh. other things that I need to be working on. One last thing. We did promise the Gasha Dokuro an, an audience, but now, can you imagine what if... might happen to people if he spoke about the the smiley-faced killer on camera? See, We'll see if we can manage to keep it to certain topics. Other than that's... that, um, we, that's we probably the don't... best way to do so. We also don't have to broadcast it live, as it were. <sighs> okay, I'll go about seeing to his accommodations. Uh, thanks, Lavender, for all your help. All right. And I'm going to say that we can go over either to Tony or to Quincy on this and see what they'd like to do during their uh, day. Oh, so you cut. So after this uh, uh, tense uh, discussion, the camera pans to Quincy, who has a measuring tape in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just like, he, he's like pulling the measuring tape out to the side, but it keeps popping up and sliding back in, and then he walks back over and attaches it again, and then pulls it, and then pulls it. <laughs> Blackmore is like walking past the kitchen, like has to stop, double back, and go, Quincy, I thought you were taking Tony to the firing range. Oh, yes, Tony's in the bathroom. And... I figured I'd do this in the meantime. Right, well, keep at it. <laughs> so, Tony, what are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't go here of my own volition. Somebody no. put me here. Uh, yeah, Quincy's gonna take Tony down to the firing range. We're doing that now. Um, on the, on the, we can say just on the way down, Quincy is giving you an explanation of how what a gun is and how it works, and he hands you his gun, which he double checks is unloaded, and then puts the safety on and takes the clip out and chambers the barrel and then hands it to you. And allows you to disassemble it. Yeah, I, I mean, Tony grasps basically how it works pretty quickly because it's it's remarkably similar to like uh, a crossbow it's just the method of propellant is slightly different mm. yeah yeah it, it's not hard for him to, to figure out out and he's um, though he, he doesn't quite understand how much damage the, the like a bullet does like because firing ranges use like paper targets yeah <laughs> So it goes through paper, but what okay. about humans? They're well, a lot go, thicker than paper. I go get some ballistics gel. Mm. 
and I'm going to show him how what a bullet does to a human body. Yep. <laughs> this is 38. This is 45. This is hollow points. <laughs> yep. So Quincy's going to fire a couple rounds of the ballistic gel and then go and grab it and give it to you. Now, I, I don't mean to say that we want these to be more lethal, of course. In fact, if anything, if they were able to <clears throat> be more safe, but m- perhaps more debilitating if possible, that would be the ideal. It's an interesting challenge. Though I believe I will be, I, I have a good idea on how to improve the armor that you that you wear. Oh well, that that would be helpful. Like, Quincy looks dead and realizes he isn't wearing any body armor. <laughs> but um, is well, uh, this is and this is where we practice with our firearms. Is there anything else you wanted to see? Uh, no, no, this should. Uh, I assume all guns work effectively the same way. Uh, well, uh, the armory is over here if you'd like to take a look, as long as you are able to put back together anything that you take apart. I'm sure that the, uh, uh, person in charge of requisition should be alright with it. I walk up to, to the booth of the guy who hands out, who handles the armory. Mm-hmm. Who, who handles the armory here? Uh, Prescott. Older fellow. Um, like, he's been on the force for a very long time, and he's just kind of dozing off but behind the desk because very few people come down to the firing range because, you know, uh, London police, they're not like American police or anything like that. They don't rely on firearms too, too much. But, yeah, I'm going to say, oh, oh, mm, oh, yes, uh, c- yes, uh, if you're looking for the office, it's uh, <clears throat> up the stairs to your right, uh, down the hallway. Yeah, and he kind of waves and just goes back to sleep on the desk. Well, that... I assume you uh, understand his directions. F- feel free. Uh, if you'd like, I can supervise. But you seem to have a handle on it. As I, I assume he's watching you still, like, un-, un-, un take apart and re-put together a gun like it's a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, so um, as, yeah, as you're doing this, um, uh, Tony, like, uh, the fellow behind the desk just kind of... Uh, just wakes up again, just kind of peers at you, and then his eyes widen as he realizes that you are basically taking this thing apart and putting it back together in a matter of seconds. My god! I've never seen such an aptitude! Not since the old days in York. Who are you? Oh, I'm Tony. Tony. Yes. You have a craftsman's hands. Yes. Oh my. By all means, please take a look at anything here. Anything at all in the stock room. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tony will, like, go through, like, try, like, look at various things. Okay. Quickly build a mechanism to let him fire them because he can't fit his fingers into the trigger guards. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Prescott is watching with rapt attention. Like, this old man is just completely spellbound by the work you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I... He's gonna, like, try all... Like, a bunch of different guns and a bunch of different calibers, shotguns and all of that. And then he's going to say, hmm, I think I have enough to, to create uh, armor to, to protect our, our uh, my fellows from bullets. And I'm going to make a design check, uh, which I pass. Okay. So what are you designing specifically? Um, so uh, I am designing a... Uh, a charm of bulletproofing. Okay. Um, it is going to be a four-point uh, uh, item. Yep. 
so it's uh, it's a hard to uh, hard to lose item that gives the five point immunity to bullet. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah, and I'll if it's okay with you, just let people uh, like I, I can make one off versions of it. For hmm. using one the, use. My, yeah, my using my inventor uh, um, feet. But yep. The well, I mean it's one use, but, like, one use for an adventure, so it's, like, it'll work for one, one combat, and then it'll be done. Okay. Um, uh, so or, I, if you want to allow other people to to purchase that with their character points, it's, you know... Um, I'm gonna say that points. you make the temporary version, and Prescott just takes it out of your hands and just looks at it reverently, and can you make this so that it's a permanent enchantment? Um, Tony explains a thing in a way that makes sense from the game mechanics perspective that he can, but other people have to spend energy or some sort yeah, of whatever. So, yeah. Well, okay. So, so it has well, to work. It only works with people with myth packs. And, and people need to attune to it. That's, yeah. what, that's how it works. You have to attune yourself to it, but it requires you to have the ability to make up. So essentially, you make like a mini pact. What, what I imagine it as is that you make a miniature pact with Tony. And the pact with Tony gives you the ability to use the armor. Hmm. Um, you're a myth, right? Yeah. I will say that any human capable, like, I will say that this can be u- this enchantment can be used by any myth positive uh, humans because of their ability to channel magic. Yeah. Well, that's that's the point of it, right? Is yeah. That we we're the only ones who can use it because we're the only ones who can make packs. So yeah. we make a temporary pact with. With the terms and conditions of it being that we only take a little bit of your power for a certain amount of time while we're using it. Yeah, it's uh, the Tony and services or the to- the TOS. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fucking I, horrible. I, I, I will point, point <laughs> out that, um, that so the, the the design actually takes about four hours for Tony to like. Okay, so this is going to be um, what you spend your day doing, making this enchantment that um, essentially other members of the team can use. Sounds good. And Quincy, what about yourself? What are you doing with your time? Uh, Quincy's going to uh, start getting stuff ready. So he's going to like go around the myth- other myths and pull them and ask like mm. what they would like, what would okay. be more amicable, how well they... Okay. He essentially makes up a survey. Mm. Uh, it's, not a, it's not exactly the best survey. It's a little vague, as yep. you would expect from Quincy. Mm-hmm. Um, the answers range from how do you feel... It, it, the questions are like, how do you feel about this? And the answers range from Pretty great, yeah. To, oh, uh, totally, total bummer. <laughs> yeah, could so... be better. <laughs> Wait, okay. why does the one at the end sound like it's not as good as the one in the middle? What, like what? <laughs> so um, yeah, um, the, so the souls there though. So he's just gonna go around and ask and and pull all the myths and like what they would want to do, how they would feel about, um, like maybe working, like working in the community with humans, mm. etc. So he distributes that out to all the myths. Okay, so you begin taking a survey and you begin getting an idea of how their lives can be improved and you think that it might cost a little bit out of the budget you've been assigned to upgrade some of their living conditions, but you think that for, yeah, a good number of them that they would, you know, definitely appreciate this and this might reflect better on the department were people to hear about, uh, you know, the great conditions with which you're treating your captives, so to speak. Okay. So, and, uh, so Quincy's okay with this, but. All right. And I'm going to say that as the day is coming to an end and all of you guys having spent your time just 
taking care of all of this are preparing to wind down, um, I'm going to say that two of you actually get simultaneous phone calls. Um, So, Quincy, you are one of them, actually. Your burner phone lights up with a message from your anonymous contact, so to speak, that uh, you might have been hiding some truths about from the board. Okay. And at the same time, uh, Blackmore, you get a call from Jack Houston. Oh, hell yes, finally. The leads, they're here! (laughs) Mm. And so this is what you both hear simultaneously. Quincy, um, yeah, your burner phone comes up with a message and uh, it just simply says, something's happening, I need your help. And at the same time, Blackmore, you get a call from Jack and you pick up. Blackmore? Yeah. Hey, uh, Blackmore, so, uh, I've been investigating that, uh, you know, that thing you've been wanting me to look into regarding, uh, stuff going around the Grove. Yeah, um, give me a second, and Blackmore is actually going to, like, move into one of the, the empty meeting rooms so that he sure. can talk a bit more freely. And look, he locks the door, it's like, alright, what have you found out? Look, um, it's not about what I've found out, but something's happened at the same time. It's... Listen, I talked to one other person about this sort of thing because, uh, yeah, I'm, I thought that she'd be able to help out and all that, but it's it's Spring Meadow, Mike. She's gone missing. And that is where we're going to leave off for this session of Mythos Unit. Ooh. Yeah, so more things are beginning to make themselves apparent and more developments are taking place. But yeah, it seems as though all of these cases are deepening one after another as this game goes on. Well, uh, yeah, I think we laid out a good groundwork this session. And so one question remains as to what will happen next game. Will Quincy get his stand mixer? <laughs> and how many attachments will it have? It had better have a dough hook. I swear to Christ, if it doesn't have a dough hook. I can't make my focaccia without the dough hook. You know this. All right. Well, uh, Quincy, rare th- instance of Quincy being angry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of these questions and more to be answered next time on Mythos Unit. Thank you so much for joining in, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everyone. Good night. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.